Welcome to Compassionately You. Here, we host conversations in vulnerability and hopes to help and motivate others. My name is Brie Luganville and I'm your host. I love to have different guests on to talk about a personal journey that they went through. Sometimes it focuses on internal growth. Sometimes it does focus on body image as well and how that affects our overall being as a person. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy Monday, everybody. This is Bree of Compassionately You. I want to welcome Rachel Kaminsky to the podcast today. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Bree. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So Rachel and I met a while back, actually, at the GR Boss Babes. Um, it was their conference that they had. And she owns a business called Confidence Beyond Hair Loss. Um, and we met there, and she told me a little bit more about it. And I just got so inspired by her. And since then, we've just been keeping in touch and talking, but I was really wanting to bring her on the podcast. She's got a great story and a great mission. So, Rachel, tell us a little bit about your business first um, and how you got into it. Sure. So I started Confidence Beyond Hair Loss in 2017 after I was diagnosed with classic Hodgkin's lymphoma. I went through chemotherapy, and during that time I felt um, very alone. And even though I had an amazing cheerleading squad of family and friends, you still feel kind of alone, especially in the times, um, in the evenings where you don't have that person to talk to. And um, I struggled a lot with uh, wearing wigs and self-image and self-confidence. And even though I was a hairstylist, I've been doing hair for nine years. I have a fabulous clientele. And, um, but the world of alternative hair is so different. It's not as easy as you think where you just can throw a wig on and go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes a little bit of uh, um, tweaking the wig to make it look like you and look like yourself. So I did research and wanted to see how to make a wig more comfortable and how to make it look more realistic. And as I dove into this, I realized that there were other women who had the same questions as I did. And they didn't have any experience with doing hair, so they felt even more lost. And so I offered a free class um, just to kind of get, get things started, just put those feelers out there and offered a free class to um, trim wigs and do a makeup class because during chemotherapy, often people lose their eyebrows and eyelashes. Mm -hmm. And I had a great um, turnout and a lot of positive feedback. And I thought, you know, if I could go deeper with this and use my experience of hair loss and doing hair and passion of helping people to really change lives. So I put in a small salon in my home and put a Facebook ad out there and the outpouring of love and support was just amazing. And originally I thought I would just be working with people who were going through cancer, like I had gone through. And then I met a woman who had alopecia 
and she had been wearing a wig for 37 years and she taught me so much about wearing wigs and um, how it's a complete lifestyle where um, when you're going through cancer, you know, you assume that you're going to be getting your hair back. It's not always the case, but with alopecia, uh, that might not happen. And from there, I took some more classes on a certain brand of wigs and um, really developed my brand and my niche. And um, from there, I started helping lots of other women who have hair loss due to hormonal issues, thyroid issues, autoimmune disorders, um, maybe postpartum hair loss after having a baby. Mm -hmm. And I realized that people's lives are really are touched by hair loss. Um, they're sometimes feel insecure and alone. They may be depressed. And, um, cause I know I went through that. There were many times when I was getting ready to go to a family event or something. And I would just spend hours sobbing over mm. my lack of hair. And my husband was so supportive. And he said, you know, if you're going through this, I know that other people are going through this as well, and you should start something. And so he really helped push me to, to change, you know, that stigma as well and not feel insecure about wearing a wig. So I wanted to give that back to other women. Oh my goodness. Thank you for creating this. Yeah, and of course. All that you do for all these women. Give us a little um, picture of what your salon looks like in the house, in your home. I've been there before and it's absolutely super comfortable, very comforting. So, so yeah, so uh, I have a small space in my home with a smaller selection than uh, many wig shops, but I have it that way on purpose because I want people to be able to try on wigs and styles um, and not feel like they have to purchase something off the shelf, mm -hmm. that we can really find what is what looks like them and what they want. Um, so we'll try in a few options, different cap designs, lengths, and colors, and then we'll kind of customize what would be best for them and their price range also. Um, we have I have synthetic, and I also have a few human hair as well as toppers. And um, so we kind of go through what their daily lifestyle is like, and we have just one chair in my home and a shampoo bowl mm -hmm. and it's really just a great time to sit and have a cup of tea one-on-one -on -one, or maybe they bring their significant other or mom or sister and just have a conversation about what they've been going through um, it's just a warm kind of cozy environment um, without all the pressure of a big shop um, and feeling overwhelming um, where they have to go in and look at hundreds of wigs and um, think, oh boy, where do I even start with this? Uh, I kind of direct them in from what they're looking for and some key keywords that they say, like I want something to be able to just put on or I want to be able to style it. That's Those are two very different instances um, and it will help guide me in finding what they would like. Yeah, and it's you're creating that space that is that safe, like I'm going to my hair stylist, I'm going to the salon, and at least for me, I know that when I go to my hair stylist, she's almost like my, I have like a little therapy session. Right, <laughs> I'm able to right. talk, just get things out, like feel comforted. And so to me, you're taking your skills in your styling area 
as well as your passion and experience through hair loss. And you're creating this salon one-on-one -on -one custom experience where I'm going in to get a hairstyle and yes, I'm going in to look at different wigs that can work, but I still get that same feel of going to that salon, of going to that person. Exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah. Building that relationship with that person like you like you would with your stylist. And and that was one thing I did crave during um you know, during my treatments is I didn't have I didn't get that one on one time with um, even though I was a stylist, I still enjoyed sitting and getting my hair done, and I craved that, um, and I think a lot of women do, because um, it can be you know, that therapy session, or maybe you want to try a new style or color, um, and that can still be done with wigs, maybe some face framing or bangs are added down the road after you purchased it, and you continue that relationship with your client um, or guest, and... Um, so it's a neat experience because you get to see them come in, some often very upset and feeling alone and afraid and angry and often leaving, um, you know, with happy tears instead of sad tears. Yeah. So it, you, it's a really um, life-changing experience for sure. So now you told us um, a little bit about how you had been diagnosed um, with Hodgkin's lymphoma, but... Um, let's delve a little bit more into it, into that, just because I know there might be some people out there who have gone through that or might have a family member, friend. Yeah. So what was that, what was that experience like? Yeah. So, um, I was at my corporate job and I just, uh, had, was in a meeting actually, and I had a large, uh, chunky necklace on that day and it was kind of rubbing the back of my neck and I readjusted it and noticed this large and, um, and large lymph node, and it was about the size of a golf ball just below or just above my collarbone, and so I made a doctor's appointment, and of course they say, oh, we don't know what that is, and um, within about a month, actually within a couple weeks, um, I you know, had lots of testing done, blood work, which came back normal, so I thought, mm, I'm in the clear, I'm young, I was engaged, and um, planning a wedding, and I didn't think that I really had cancer, even though, you know, you Google it and that's what it says. But um, then when I got the call from the surgeon that I needed to come in the following day to have it removed, um, to do a biopsy on, that's kind of when it all hit me. Mm -hmm. But I still was very calm throughout it. Um, even when they said I'd be most likely doing chemotherapy and losing my hair, um, I was... Even though I knew I'd be going through these treatments, you kind of think it's not going to happen to me, uh, or that's kind of how I had thought um, thought about the hair loss perspective. But at the same time, I was um, supposed to be getting married, and so I thought mm -hmm. I, I pushed up the my pushed up our wedding and um, had a wonderful, beautiful day because I I knew we knew we were going to be getting married, but I didn't want to feel um, know be sick during yeah. still planning a wedding oh, goodness. um so we moved up the wedding and then I started chemotherapy five days later and uh, after getting married and um throughout that even though even though I had a great support system um I had always struggled with my insecurities um I always never felt like I was thin enough or I never felt like I 
had long enough hair, blonde enough, or whatever it may have been. So going through chemo, your body changes, um, your mind changes, the way you feel changes. Um, you know, your, your skin changes a lot with all the drugs that they put you on. And that was really hard because uh, I'd never met anyone else who had gone through chemotherapy. And, um, you know, you can describe it to your mom and, or your husband, and they sympathize and let you cry about it. But, um, you know, going to work or maybe spending time with friends or family, it's, they don't really know what you're going through. Yeah. And um, so that was a huge life change for me because I had already dealt with insecurities in my life. And then you add that where you have no control over the way you feel or look. Um, and so wearing a wig for me helped give me a little bit of that control back. Um, I, I've always loved doing hair. And so I wanted to still feel like myself. So I decided to wear a wig. It's not for everyone. Um, not everybody wants to, um, with their lifestyle, but that's one way to kind of gain control, um, for me. And it make, made me feel like my old self. Wow. And so for people who might have gone through something similar, um, I think you kind of already gave your <laughs> your advice because you said, you know, wear a wig or don't wear a wig depending on how you feel and what works for you. But is there any other things you would say um, or even to people who they have a friend or a family member going through it? What is the best way to support someone? What would have helped? What would have been better? Yeah, um one thing that was wonderful is I had friends that sent me cards and letters weekly and mm. that was a great reminder um, that you have that cheerleading squad behind you um, and with the whole perspective of wearing a wig and not wearing a wig um, you really never know until you try it out so like with uh, my business I always tell people you're welcome to make an appointment it's a free consultation and you can come in and try on different styles and see how they fit um, you may not you may not lose all of your hair you may um, and it may take a while for yours to fall out like I actually started in my chemotherapy and July and I didn't actually shave my head until October until I was almost done um, but I still wore a wig because it had got very thin and um, I didn't quite feel comfortable with <laughs> with going out anymore without a wig just because it um, I felt like people were staring more than than I wanted mm -hmm. um, and so I always suggest people to go and try them on and see what you think. Um, you never really know what to expect until you give it a try. Um, and it is great to have someone to go with you, like a friend or a loved one, to have that support system and saying, that, yes, that wig looks like you, or mm, maybe it's a little bit too poofy, or maybe it's too long or too dark or whatever it may be, um, to kind of give you that reassurance that, yes, that looks great and it looks like you, or, or hey, Try a totally new style. If you've always been a blonde and want to wear red hair, that's awesome, too. Um, stepping out of your comfort zone and and um, realizing that you can do whatever you want. You're in charge of your own story. And um, if you, if you want to try something new, that's the time to. Um, you're not committed to it. So oh, that's, that's a little bit. 
I like that. I like that. Just step outside of your, you know, step outside of your comfort zone or do what's best for you and fun right now. Like the time exactly. is now. I like that. Um, so if people wanted to maybe book an appointment with you, just come over and see what your space looks like, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm online at confidencebeyondhairloss.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at confidencebeyondhairloss. And um, all of my contact information is on my website. You're welcome to give me a call or um, send me an email. And my email is confidencebeyondhairloss at gmail.com. Right now I'm currently um, taking appointments for evenings and Saturdays. And I'm located in Grand Haven, Michigan. And um, it's just a nice, quiet space to learn a little bit more about the hair loss um, industry and different options that you have. And um, to kind of experiment with and enhance the way you look if you if you want. And I also offer um, hats and scarves as well to someone who may not want to wear a wig, but with this cold weather, want something on their head that's warm and cozy. Um, because you wouldn't believe how, uh, without, when, not, when you don't have hair, how chilly your head can be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, reach out to me all those different ways. And I'm looking forward to uh, helping other women who are going through something similar or same journey that I went through. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And really everyone, her space is very comforting. I went there just to kind of visit with her, but I had some, I think I had some tea and some wine. I can't remember, (laughs) but it was so much fun. And I got to see inside her space and it really is like you're going to the salon, except it seems almost even more like exclusive because it's just like that one chair and so it's about you it's a space for you and it's that time for you exactly that's exactly what my goal is everybody I hope that you were inspired by Rachel's conversation here I know I am and I hope you all have a lovely rest of your day I'd like to learn more about today's episode you can go to brielugenville.com slash podcast you'd like to join our private support group, you can find us on Facebook and search for the private group Compassionately You. If you would like to be a guest, you can email Bree at brielugenville at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great start to your week.